Okay, welcome to Next Steps, the podcast. It's um, Citywide's podcast. On Tuesdays, we talk about uh, what we were talking about on Sunday, what the sermon was about and about our reflections from it and what we've been chewing over over the last few days. So, yeah, welcome to Tuesday. And um, we'd like to start by acknowledging um, country, uh, where we are, where we're hosting this. And we acknowledge and pay our respects to the first Tasmanian people as traditional owners and custodians of the land we walk on. We also pay respect uh, to elders past, present and emerging and for their care of country, land and sea over the past thousands of generations. So, thanks. So, I'd like to welcome Paul Dare and Matt Garvin uh, and I'm Dan Evenhouse. So, we're, we're going to be talking about the Bible. Uh, so, the series that we're talking about at the moment, yeah, um, the week we're up to is uh, what what does the Bible? How does the Bible fit in with with our faith journey and 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 with walking with Jesus? So that's that's where we're starting now. Matt, you started Sunday uh, talking about different foundations that we can base our life on. I feel like we're getting a bit more clarity, or maybe a bit less cliche about what that means. Um, the foundation for our life and what we base our life on it, it's a really tricky one because there are several things. <clears throat> several layers of what we will base our life on that, that mm. are all interdependent. Now, I, I think I'd love you to have a bit more of a go at what does it mean to, to have the God as the foundation, as the Jesus as the thing that you test all other belief systems against or other paradigms? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I actually learned this from Tim Keller. We said one of the, the big challenges in our lives is um, idolatry, but we don't think we, we don't use that language. Uh, he says idolatry is where good things become ultimate things, where things that are not bad in themselves become um, major parts of our lives. And so we talked about uh, things like financial security. Uh, mm getting approval from your friends and family or sadly from social media of course instagram uh caused worldwide consternation where they took off the some of the the like counts and that sort of stuff and so did facebook and youtube because they, they're realizing people were dying literally dying because they weren't getting the affirmation they needed through social media or they were getting negative affirmation uh the pursuit of happiness and i mentioned in passing i Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is actually built into the foundational documents of the United States. Not that happiness mm. is wrong, but if that's the the foundation you build your life on, that becomes questionable. The avoidance so this, of stress. Yeah. yeah. It, is it so this is where it gets yeah. this is where it gets tricky because avoidance of stress or seeking to be comfortable, uh, seeking to care for my family, these are all really good things. Absolutely. But when they become the ultimate thing, and that's the that's the the dangerous point, like it, that, and in a lot of ways, the whole Bible is about that. Like from uh, Adam and Eve saying, I, "I'm going to trust my own way of seeing stuff," uh, uh, and we should point out that Dan's in the office right now, so you hear some background noise um, as we go. Uh, it's when they become ultimate things, then then actually God isn't God, something else is. Uh, so, you know, it's a, a cause to fight for. There's nothing wrong with having a, a cause that you're working towards, but when that cause 
becomes your, the major thing, it becomes a problem or the pursuit of pleasure or the pursuit of romance. So I had a list there mm. and they're all foundations. I mean, you can, of course, build your life on a, another religion than Christianity, but I think for most people, uh, that's not the real issue. It's not, the issue isn't really a, an ideological one between religions. It's actually a question of who's actually God in your life. Yeah, what's the ultimate? I know yeah. um, a, a passage that's been really key for my ministry is to seek first God's kingdom and all his righteousness and then everything else will be added to you. Yeah, absolutely. And to, to choose to put the faith of myself and my family, my ministry, into that paradigm was was often significant. And I was thinking um when you were speaking about before the pursuit of other goals as your foundations, the other goals you can never get there. You'll always be disappointed. Like, yeah, you'll always if you if you want to live a stress free free, free life, you will always have stress in your life at some level. If you want to, you know, if you want a pursuit of happiness, there'll be days when you're sad. So you can just never get there with any of the other foundations, which is. Oh, yeah, that just occurred to me as you were talking there. You know, so we pursue these things that we'll never, ever get there. And I think this is where, you know, when Jesus is the centre of your foundation, God is the centre of your life, even though there's ups and downs, he never changes. He's always there. And I think that's the that's probably, to me, I've just realised there's a key difference about what is the foundation in your life. Uh, absolutely. In fact, I, I watched a movie. This is a slight parenthetical thing but not really uh i watched a movie the other weekend called the end of the tour about a novelist by the name of david foster wallace he wrote a very famous book that was regarded as one of the literary uh great literary achievements of the 20th century uh which i can't remember the the name of at the moment anyway i didn't read it uh but i've i've quoted him over and over again because i don't think he would have called himself a christian um, but he said this, in the day-to-day -day trenches of adult life, there is no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshipping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And an outstanding reason for choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing to worship is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they're where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough, never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your own body and beauty and sexual allure and you'll always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you'll die a million deaths before they finally plant you. Worship power You'll feel weak and afraid and you'll need ever more power over others to keep the fear at bay. Worship your intellect being seen as smart and you'll end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out. The insidious things about these forms of worship is not that they're evil or sinful, it's that they're unconscious. They're default settings. They're the kind of worship you just gradually slip into day after day getting more and more selective about what you see and how you measure value without ever being fully aware that's what you're doing. That's the end of the quote. Uh, mm. Infinite Jest is the name of the book, his famous book. But uh, I think that's what we're talking about. That's what you were talking about, Paul. Yeah. It's, yeah. 
And he said it so much better. Or, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to give him that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I, and I love reading Ecclesiastes where it's saying the same stuff. Everything else is a chasing after the wind. Um, you can chase after women or money, power, wisdom, but it, it's just all the chasing after the wind. It's never fulfilling. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I feel like we need this truth to somehow settle in because like, I'm a pastor, but it's easy. I can, I can easily start worrying about what people are thinking about me or worrying about my bank account and for that stuff to start setting the agenda rather than God so easily. Like this is this is the 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 question of following Jesus. Like this is this is kind of core and it's easy to want to avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're 80 and looking back on our life and wondering how we could have spent it differently, I'm guessing what we're saying is, oh, we should have focused more on prayer, on listening to God, on reading God's word, uh, on worship, on giving. This yeah. this is the foundation that would have that would be great. So I want to ca- I want to capture these things before I'm 80 or 90 yeah. or 100. I probably have to push it up to 100 these days, don't I? That thought. <laughs> yeah, well, you never know. For you 80-year-olds watching this, you can make those changes and <laughs> look back. Yeah, great. So, so we, That's the one good thing about God, isn't it? It's never too late. Never, that's too, right. never too late. Mm. And that, that's what I'm left with after looking at this uh, the, this sermon from this week is, okay, what what's the continuous improvement, the, the next step that I can take that mm. improves where I'm at with putting God first in everything? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we did a bit of a survey. We looked at um, how many people are reading the Bible each day um, in our church. And we, one thing we want to just acknowledge is we love that people were honest in their answers by the look of it. Just, and that's how we want it to be. We're, we're a community that's um, transparent, willing to be vulnerable. And here's where we come up with. So how long do you spend reading or listening to the Bible on average each day? Uh, and you'll find that half of our church reads the Bible more than five minutes. Um, you'll find 80% of our church reads it every day on average. Uh, we haven't got anyone doing the marathon of more than an hour a day. So, but, but we've also got a bunch of people who actually aren't engaging with the Bible. So, um, Paul, what do you, what do you notice in these figures? What stands out to you? Uh, that's interesting. I love the honesty. That's the one thing I will say up front. I just love the honesty. The figures, the figures don't surprise me. They disappoint me, but don't surprise me. But then I, I'm just like everybody else. You know, I'm not great at it. I'll admit that. Um, and it's not. And the other thing I think when I look at the figures is it's not meant to put pressure on anybody to feel, feel guilty about it. It's something that you've got to come to your own volition to read the Bible more. And I think it's just one of those things. Like, like I suppose I was a bit surprised, if I'm honest. Out of all that, there was nobody in the near hour, hour plus a day, which was a bit of a. I don't know why I expected there'd be somebody, but there's no one there. That was probably the thing I took. The rest of it, I think, reflects society, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, good. Hmm. Good. You got any comments for it, Matt? Yeah, I was relieved that people were honest. And I was left thinking one of the real questions for churches is how do you measure what? what you're trying to do how do you measure success and if you accept that the purpose of a church is to build disciples then i think questions like this are so helpful 
because what it what it means is we can start to measure it. We can we we can actually. This is why I the, what we've described in the follow, bless, and share words and in those acronyms are all things that you could kind of ask people. Say, how are you going with it? Uh, and I I I I hope uh, that through this conversation and through engaging with our church, uh, people will eventually want to get more in- involved with the Bible. I don't want people to feel guilty. Mm. I, I don't want to, I don't want to produce, say you should be doing this. You should, but I'm hoping that they'll want to get deeper into the Bible. And and so that's, that's, um, and I'm hoping that for all those different behaviors in follow, bless and share, that the more they mm. hang around our church, the, the more you, you get the tools and you kind of want to get into this stuff. So I, yeah, I was really grateful to see the numbers come up and see the honesty that was reflected in them. Mm. Yeah, great. And the last thing we want is to create a tick box that people have to tick to achieve each day and just go through rote, ritual, routine, whatever it is. But the, well, this is the probably, I probably should mention, this is Pete Clark said, called me today and said, Matt, can you talk about this in the podcast? And he said, he said, uh, how do you avoid uh, reading the Bible just being something you do out of religious duty or out of so it becomes rote, uh, and uh, so he 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 threw that in. So I, th- I figured I'd throw that in so to make sure that that's represented. I don't know. Uh, I, I have, I, I'm sorry. I have an idea. Um, when I've been really on the ball with God and reading the Bible regularly, um, and re- reading it more than you know just glancing at it, I found journaling was the best one for me. Um, so I'd read a chapter, then I'd write something that tickled my fancy or, you know, piqued my interest or God talking about about that chapter. And I found the writing part of it solidified it as opposed to just reading it. There was a verse that stood out and that happened. And so I, that's probably the one I found is most is having a reading plan and sticking to it and um, not feeling, feeling guilty when you fall behind but sticking to it. And I, I think the other thing is you have to realise that if you only read a chapter a day, it's you know like it's a it's a four or five year project to get through the Bible, you know like it's not a it's not a short project, so it's a long term commitment. But I I find that's that's one thing, and the other thing that came to me why, which is kind of along those same lines, is when Matt you were sharing just then, I actually reflected on small groups, home groups. Or I always forget what we call them at this church. Sorry, um, life groups. One of those names is um. How we actually, and I've been guilty of this myself too, rather than actually study the Bible and read the Bible, we study questions around the Bible. You know, like, and, and there's someone, I remember someone challenging me years ago, I like to go to Bible studies where we read a Bible, read a passage and then actually talk about the passage rather than do it in reverse. And I'm thinking even that encourages us to read the Bible more than we do because now we read a commentary on something and then talk about it as the Bible is sort of secondary to that commentary, you know. So, you know, I think we are our own worst enemy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we were going to be healthy, like people go through different phases in their life, different stuff mm-hmm. going on. But for this phase that you're in, if you were to be healthy spiritually, what would your normally normal routines? Because one thing that's important for me is we don't want it to be rote and ritualistic and stuff, but self-discipline and and a, a 
flow of the day or a pattern actually really helps me to to stay on track where I want to be. So my goals are I want to read the Bible, engage with the Bible and learn from the Bible, meditate on it more. So what do you guys think would be a healthy routine at the moment? I'm not saying I'm not asking what you currently do, but what do you think would be a healthy I want to sort of just, as you introduce that question, raise the question of whether we don't want it to be right and ritualistic. Because mm. mm-hmm. uh, that, that is so cultural for us. That is, that is right at the heart of the Western culture, that you don't want to do anything just because you need to do it. You want to do it because you want to do it. And that's right at the heart of the Baptist thing too. But, but I don't think we realise how unusual that is in human history like that for jesus almost all his reading of the bible would have been rote or ritualistic uh and and uh when he come when he comes to teach us to pray he doesn't say work out what's on your heart and bring that to god he says here's how you pray and gives us a script uh now, I, I actually, this is, I was talking briefly, I mentioned this to Pete, I, I wonder where, whether, because speaking personally for me, uh, I, I was mentioning this to you, Dan, as we went to get lunch today. I, I, when I was growing up, I found the Bible really boring because it was associated with my dad uh, and growing up in church and some of the sermons were boring and seemed completely irrelevant. I think what makes something boring is that you can't see how it fits in your life at all and so the bible sort of was very much in that and it's been a real journey to the point now i really love the bible i really i really do but it's been 40 years of uh on and off and and if i'm to be honest i i i think a healthy approach to the bible uh is to come at it even when it does feel dry and ritualistic, when, when it does, because uh, it, it sometimes will. Some, to keep, don't wait till you're motivated to read it, but develop the habit of doing it every day. And, and I, I, I think I'm pretty, I, I, there's, a few, there's a few little things I do. Uh, I will get, talk more about the practices and stuff, but I just, I think, I think we've got to watch. There is a cultural assumption we have that we should, it shouldn't be dry and ritualistic. But I don't, I think what one of the things we don't understand is how much our repetitive actions actually shape us and how we, be, the more we get into it, no matter how we're feeling about it, it actually gets into our head and our heart and is then able to be used by the Holy Spirit. But if we're not getting into it, it, it won't be. Well, anyway, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I was thinking, though, maybe instead of using words ritualistic, we should use the words habitual. Because ritualistic has a negative connotation where something that becomes habitual, you know, a habit is a positive thing. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think it's just, I, I don't agree. I agree with, you know, the idea of ritual, but ritual has that negative connotation. So... If it becomes habitual, I think is a really, really good thing. And so I think that's, and you know, like I'm, I am bad at it, I'll admit. But if I could actually manage to get out of bed and spend the first 
X amount of portion of my day reading the Bible or spending time with God, the day goes much better. Everything goes much better, but it's so easy to fall out of that habit. That's the problem. Because mm. I would say if I'm having a 30 to 45-minute quiet time a day, nice way to start the day, um, is it bad that it has to involve coffee? <laughs> but having a coffee with God. Um, and someone, someone said, um, someone got really angry at me once because I was mixing something that I physically enjoyed, like a coffee, with with something that I should do, like the Bible. They said, the Bible doesn't need a reward. You should just enjoy the Bible. I'm like, mm. <laughs> like the, but anyway, I'm getting t- dangerous territory. But I think if I could spend, because I, I also want to, um, I want to pray. I want to listen to God. I want to read his word. Um, and so that's a 30 to 45 minute thing for me. So reading through two or three chapters a day or finding a passage and reading it three times often is helpful for me as well. Um, so so I think I think this 10 minutes a day of reading, I don't want to neglect praying and listening. And the thing that I was thinking this morning is I also leave my worship pretty much to do only doing it corporately. Like I, it's not normal for me to worship God on my own. And so I thought, oh, maybe I should be doing more worship on my own, in my own time as well. And what would that mean? You know, mm. I'm not talking about singing, but but how would I worship God? And so I'm enjoying the series of how to put God, how to put Christ central in my life. Mm. And any comments on that thought? Look, I for me, it's been a journey, and it has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, at the moment. I'm really appreciating the the Bible log that Stu did for us, mm. and I've got five bookmarks, and I and I've got one in from from Genesis right the way through to the start. I started one uh, in uh, after the, so I've got one working through the first five books of the Bible slowly, then from uh, from I think Judges or something, and working on from there one in. Uh, the wisdom books, one in the Gospels, uh, and one in the New Testament. And I find I, I've had to, like I've said this a number of times on the platform, but I, I've had to move back to a paper Bible. I, I mm. spent a couple of years trying to use a phone or a, a tablet, and it just my I, my I couldn't. My heart wouldn't work in it. And I tried to journal on my tablet too. I, my heart I just couldn't. I just get stuck and get distracted. Um, so that's been important for me. Another th- thing that's been important for me is trying to memorize. Like, I, there's an app which we'll talk more about, I guess. Uh, but but also finding good resources. Um, that's right. I, I didn't mention on Sunday, but I wanted to mention the Net Bible. If people are interested in studying the Bible, getting and understanding um, more about the Bible, the, the the Net Bible is a translation, but it's not. The be all and end all of the translation is fine, does, does the job. But it's the, the notes that come with it, and it's free online. You can get it downloaded free online. And it actually comes on the version Bible app as well. Um, and it has three kinds of notes it has study notes that help you understand the meaning, it has uh, textual criticism notes. And one of the things that people may not be under, may not be so conscious of is that we have thousands of different versions of the Bible from many different points in history. And sometimes they don't completely agree. And so it's helpful. I find it helpful to know which, which are the bits where they are all saying the same thing 
And where that's where they might be slightly different. And what are the differences? And so it's actually got them noted. Uh, and then it has translation notes where it says, look, this Greek word can be translated in this way or this way. Um, and, and again, for many people listening to this, they'll go, that's the last thing I want to engage with. But for me, it was really important to, to learn to trust the Bible and to know what was behind it. So I think for me, I, studying the Bible has been an important part of me learning to love it so I can learn how trustworthy it is and, and, and also wrestle with complicated questions and, and start to find answers. So there, so this, the Bible memory app has, been, has become part of my quiet time. So at the end of it, I'll do that. Uh, and uh, the net Bible is often a place I'll go to find answers to questions where I think, is that really what the verse says? But also, I also have a bunch of commentaries and things as well. Um, so I, I, I also have the luxury of having grown up kids. It was different when I had little kids and, and where I was on school runs and, and all that kind of thing. And my wife is now, I'm, I'm with you with the coffee. Uh, I, my first cup of coffee is with my Bible. Um, but I, I, I have the luxury of having a wife who, who sees me having a quiet time and, and allows me to have the space and sort of realises I'm, I'm not real good after, until I've had, after I've had the coffee and, and uh, had the space to decompress a bit through journaling and reading and praying. So mm. I'll often have 45 minutes or an hour in that process in the mm. day. Sometimes yeah. I'll miss it. It's busy or whatever. I'll just won't do it at all. But that's so. There's some. I was trying. I was hoping to have more time on Sunday to point people in the direction of some of these resources. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, by the way, is a, a devotional my sister is doing, uh, which is the longest devotional known to mankind. That she sends it out to every day, but she's actually working through the Bible in it, and it's quite quite good. It's called Live the Long Walk. You can look that up. If you want to, we'll include some of these notes in the description. So I probably, I probably should stop rattling on there, but there, there's there's some of the things that sort of describe, you know, how I do it, but also what I find helpful in it. Yep. Great. Now I had a go at installing the Bible Memory app because I thought, oh, good, I'll do what Matt says. I'll have a go. Is it this one? Yeah. Cool. It is. Because. Uh, I was, I was looking at it. It looks like you can actually compete with your friends, so you can actually set yeah. yourself goals. And, and in fact, there is a citywide Baptist group on there. You can search for citywide Baptist, and and there yeah. is a group, and there's about five of us on there, and I think I'm the only one still using it. Um, yeah, in that group, but uh, we we had a couple of like had we had some things in there for um yeah uh, like Psalm 23 and I think Ephesians 4 or something. Like, yeah. Anyway, because I've got I've got a piece of paper that has about seventy different verses that I've have learnt, uh, but f- probably forgotten. But it wouldn't take long to re-engage with. So that's a piece of paper that I can use. Um, this this app it costs fourteen bucks for a version if you want to get it, um, but it doesn't have my favorite version on it. <laughs> so which, which is your? You, you can download any version from the web from it. I think. Oh, it's so which, got, which it's is your the, favorite version? I mean, I've been enjoying the NLT. If if I'm reading through some of the wisdom books, then I stick that with is, the NIV. For those the poet. listening, that's the New Living, New translation. Living translation. And the, the NIV is beautiful for Psalms and Proverbs. I like the poetic nature of it. Mm. So I, I'd encourage that. But but one, one thing that is quite clear is if you want to memorize scripture, try and stick with the same version that you've 
Yeah. Because it's hard yeah. to learn three versions of the same verse. Absolutely. Yeah. So find your favorite version, stick with it. Yeah. So other tools we've got, I'm using um, the planner for how to read the Bible in a year. Uh, it's chronological, so it jumps around a little bit between books because it's in time order. So I'm, I'm half, well, two-thirds of the way through Numbers, and Numbers has a lot of numbers in it, which is a surprise. <laughs> so, yeah, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting to the New Testament. I'd probably normally recommend you read a Bible plan that takes a bit of the old, a bit of the psalm, and a bit of the yeah. new so that you have a bit of a... Co- continual I don't know what am I saying where where you can read some bits that really feed you and yeah absolutely I mean you're not going to find bits of numbers and Leviticus and stuff particularly inspiring, inspiring. yeah it would be true one of the most useful things that I found in my younger years was I went to a we went to a university student group um, and one night they said, right, guys, we're just going to read through Mark. We're going to read the whole thing in one go. We'll just read a few chapters each out loud together and we'll do the whole batch. And that, that experience showed me that I'm used to reading the Bible in tiny snippets hmm. and, and very rarely put it all together. And I think this this broad view of the Bible is so important, not just taking Absolutely. these verses that we keep going through all the time. We, um, we tried to go to church once. We tried to read through John in a in a sermon in a church service. That's all we did was read the Bible, read John. And I think mm-hmm. we got two thirds of the way through it in a church service. But it was some people loved it, some people found it really so so. Mm-hmm. But it was just it's just a different way of doing and worshiping God. But we're talking about memorizing. The one I found best to actually one of the other ways I found best to take the Bible into my heart is to pray the Bible, and I found that really. Yeah really yeah. exciting and it's challenging too to pray the bible you know like mm. especially you start off with psalm 23 which is you know the lord is my shepherd you, you go oh god i thank you for being my shepherd always being there for me always looking after me i shall not want and then you, you pray about not wanting you go oh god su- supplies everything and by the time you pray the psalm it takes you about um 23 it takes you about five to six minutes but it's really embedded in your heart it's just mm. i find it amazing to do that way too mm, great Great. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, it's been it's been something I've learned probably the last ten years. Praying the Bible, and this is what Jesus would have done. He would have prayed the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, uh, N.T. Wright calls the Psalms the prayer book of the Bible. And sometimes when I, sometimes my head's all over the place, or sometimes I just don't know what to do. And particularly Psalm twenty three. But also Psalm 100, uh, I you know the Lord's Prayer. I'll I'll trot these things out and just pray them, and somehow they help. They help. They really mm. do help. Yeah, shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, no, it shouldn't be surprised. But I think it's that re- it just regrounds you, doesn't it? It just grounds yeah. you back in the spirit. You know, like it just does. Mm. And, and this comes back to I think we're having to face. Uh, our modern sensibility when it comes to wanting we always want to pray prayers that come deeply from our heart um that are an expression but but actually the the, usually in the bible and through history but the, the biblical assumption is we pray prayers that change what we want hmm. like we we that the, the the Bible is there to change what we want, not to be 
to fulfil what we want. Yeah. Wow, lucky he didn't drop that one out on Sunday. People would have been going, oh, in their seats with that one. <laughs> but it's so true, though. Yeah, that that is really in your face, though, but it is true, isn't it? Like, mm. it's to pray, yeah, not what you want, but to realise what, yeah. How do you say yeah. it again? I've already lost the plot. <laughs> well, I, I think we... We we want a Christianity that meets our needs, and 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 the idea is that often we want to uh, pray from deep deep in our heart, and so we want to pray. We want the Bible, our prayers, to to be a reflection of who we are and what we want. But the Bible itself, when you when you come to pray the Bible, it changes. It's meant to change who we are and what we want. Like we, the, the the journey of discipleship is actually meant to change what we want. We, you know, we 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 are to gradually become people who really want to want to love Jesus and His kingdom and and everything, and it's a mm. journey. Mm. Um, and and we are to. I think that one of the things I'm really wrestling with at the moment is we are so much more shaped by our culture than we are by our faith, because uh, we because we are in a culture that is intentional more than ever. Like there are there are people who have degrees in psychology who are programming apps uh, to trigger our emotions and, and shape us. Like in, really, and, the, mm-hmm. and, and we, we think it's all about our choice, but these people know that we're not that rational and the, the Bible assumes we're not that rational. The Bible is there to shape us too. But to shape us more like God, not to shape us as consumers. There's mm. a whole other sermon, but it's a for me. This is this is the underlying question behind it all. And these behaviours we talk about, follow, bless, and share. Most of the time, most of us won't feel like doing any of them. Uh, mm. But gradually, as you do them, you find more and more of you does them, and and you and there'll be lots of times where you don't feel like reading the Bible. But that as you do, it gradually sh- it sh- changes you. I know I've got to learn to answer questions more briefly than I currently. <laughs> I was just thinking. Yeah, I think you said it better the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I anyway, I get excited about that. I was just thinking about um, when you were talking then, you know, like the Bible shapes you and it does shape you, but it's a bit like, you know, the number of times you wake up and you, sometimes you might, oh, I don't really feel like church today or I don't feel like doing Bible study today or, or I don't even feel like, you know, thinking about God today. But the minute you do those things, you feel so much better. You feel so much, your your soul's almost at peace because you've done those things. And I think that's the encouragement for reading the Bible and learning the Bible is because it gives your, your soul peace to go on with, you know, get you through those low times and help you. And it really, really does. And we all know, and we all know that's what it does, but we still don't do it. You go, why, why are we so stubborn and pig-headed about it? You know, we know the answer. And if yeah. anyone has a solution, write in, email in, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And where we started in this conversation, we were talking about the foundations of life and I, th- I think this thing of alignment with God, our creator, the the one who loves us, Um for me, the prayer, reading, worship—they're—they're um, they're about aligning my my inner self back to God's ways, and it's just this piece of—I uh, think exactly what you say, Paul. Of, I 
I I know who I am here. I know I, I, I know that I'm loved by God. I know that I'm okay mm. it, as I realign with God. And so, yeah, that, that's why we're going through this series, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There, there was one quote by Dallas Willard that you read that I, I found significant. It, um, I haven't got it to chuck on the screen, so hopefully you can listen. But it said... Um, as a pastor, teacher, and counsellor, I've repeatedly seen the transformation of inner and, and outer life that comes simply from memorization and meditation upon Scripture. Personally, I'd never undertake a past, to pastor a church or guide a program of Christian education that didn't involve a continuous program of memorization of the choicest passages of Scripture for people of all ages. So do you want to say anything more about that quote, Matt? Just a, I found, when I first read it, I thought, "How boring!" Uh, when I then, I, as I processed, I thought, "Oh, that's right." It really, it really triggered me to get back into memorizing the Bible. So I, my mum used to bribe us to memorize the Bible when I was a kid, um, mm-hmm. and I, I'm actually really grateful because <laughs> the stuff that she bribed us to memorize, I still remember. And mm. one of and. And it's it, again. This is so antithetical to modern Christianity, which is about the the idea of modern Christianity. You find a, a a church and an experience where you feel alive, and it's you're in it and stuff. But sitting down and memorizing is boring. Like it's just memorizing. It's not. There's no emotion really with it, or like it's just. And it's hard work. It, it is hard work. Um, and and I. But it really struck me when I was um, talking about it that we we're told that the, the word of God is the sword of the spirit, and certainly in my experience, uh, the spirit is much more able to use the word of God if it's available in my memory. Like, like if like it, there's something about getting it into your memory that kind of lets the Holy Spirit go. Oh, hang on, that's not the truth. This is the truth. Mm. And I feel like it's really, you know, Psalms, I quoted Psalm 119, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This is not a sexy, trendy way to do church or Christianity. But this is, it, I, I agree with, I agree with him. I, I think this is so important. Mm. Memorising the Bible. It's like the antithetical thing of modern Christianity, but it, I really think it's important. Mm. But it's. I think it's. It's both parts of that, though, isn't it? Like, you've got to only not memorize it. You've got to be able to meditate on it as well. So you, you yeah. like, as as an atheist can quote your Bible verses, but they don't have them in their heart. You know, they, they only have them in yeah, their head. Absolutely. And it's it's actually getting that verse in your heart, which is the meditation part of it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. So as we look through the the graph. Um, it's interesting working, like for me, working out what's the next step. How do we actually refine our Bible reading? Um, mm. What? So I think that's the question we want people to go away with a bit is, okay, well, I, I get the Bible. I know it's important. I know I need it in my life. I'm hoping that people are saying that sort of thing. And then, and then the next step is, well, what's the next step God's calling you to in really digesting the word of God into, into our hearts? And I think that's true. 
one of the things about leading a church is it's it's much easier to just have programs and say for everybody in the church this is the next step, uh, but mm. it doesn't work that way. Like what we can see in the graph is everyone's at different places, mm. uh, and people have to kind of work out. It, it may be that God is sort of prompting you kind of know you need to get more serious with the Bible, but mm. it, or it may be God's trying to get you to stop smoking, and that's the actually thing you need to focus on right now. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, like trying to one of the I know one of the dangers with the follow, bless, and share behaviors is trying to do it all, and it, it's not. But, but what the the two things I was trying to present, I don't think I presented as clear as I wanted to. One is I think we all need to get better at knowing the big story of the Bible. That's why I was pointing to the Bible Project guys and their videos and 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 the net the net Bible and things. Trying to have tools that help people understand the, the entirety of the Bible and how you, you can actually see Jesus from mm. chapter 1 of Genesis through to tw- chapter 22 of Revelation. Uh, and also this thing of memorization. I, I, I would love it if I could find, if we had a whole bunch of people starting to get into memorizing the Bible. I'm sure there's other ways than this app. I just find this app particularly helpful mm. for me. And like yeah, pay, you, people were able to memorize things before apps came along, and you, you can use pen and paper and index cards mm. and things. But I, I, I do think I hope that people listening to this, uh, or the few people watching it on, on YouTube, would be trying to work out. Okay, what does this all, all this mean for me? My fear is that church is something we come and and then go from, and and it doesn't shape us. And doesn't doesn't this? We don't ever wrestle with what's next. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Great. Well, I think we'll finish up in a minute. For me, for me, I'm I'm reading the Bible each day. I'm soaking it up and loving it. I love the Bible. One one thing that's been helpful for me is buy a Bible, a physical Bible that you love as well, because mm. you've become attached to it. So get get one you love and then attach to it. And that's a, a much harder thing to do in Hobart now that Kurong's no longer here. Yeah, I think I keep thinking we need to get a, a bookshop going in the church to be able to come because for Bibles you got to be able to feel them. You got to be able yeah. to. I agree, it's got to feel right in your hands. The print size has got to be right. Yeah, got to be able to, the margins have to be the right size to be able to scribble in. Anyway, I'm with yeah. you. My number one was it has to have bigger print now because I can't read the small ones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so hopefully we'll we'll leave you with this thought of what's God calling you to from here. For me, I need to stop and listen more to God uh, after I've been reading the Bible. Yeah, hmm. but really encourage you to work out what's what's God asking of you at this time. What's the next thing to help you? bring Christ as the foundation of your life right to the center of your life. So, yeah. So I think we'll leave you with that thought. Yeah. Thanks for your time, guys. Thank you. Great. We'll uh, see you next week. Mm Mm-hmm.